Well, this uh, message today is, uh, I guess, appropriately uh, titled Love, <laughs> uh, saying that this is Valentine's Day. And the, the love that we have and the love that we experience through Jesus Christ is the perfect gift or perfect love. And sometimes it's difficult to um, comprehend because most of the time we... We look at love from a perspective of our own experience, of whether somebody loves us. <laughs> if they love us, then it's a little easier for us to love them. And if, even if people do love us necessarily, maybe we don't love them for whatever reason. So uh, love is something that um, is, I guess, individual, that it depends on our feelings, our emotions, whether we you know, I, I was listening to uh, person, personal testimonies and things, and, you know, some people grew up in an environment where they've never experienced love. They've never had any sense of stability in their life. And so through their family system and through, you know, their going through school or and being in college and in their early lives, it's just like they've never understood this whole concept of love. And so their only understanding of emotions basically were anger and resentment and, and uh, hurt and those types of things. So for us to look at love and to, and to get a clear perspective of it, I think we have to look at the love that God has for us. And we then, becomes, we then become an expression of the love that we have received. So, but most of the times we think of, you know, love, it's Valentine's Day, we do that, I gave you a card last year, maybe I'll give you a card next year. But uh, it's more of a, a Hallmark kind of day, <laughs> I think it was invented by Hallmark, and uh, <laughs> that we would, you know, go to and buy the cards and send to everyone. But uh, fortunately uh, for us, we have a, a very unique experience. Our granddaughter, Emma, was born eight years ago today in El Salvador, and so uh, she was a Valentine's baby, but in El Salvador, they don't have Valentine's cards. <laughs> so they don't have a Valentine's Day. So we were, you know, excited and saying, oh, it's Valentine's Day that she's born on the people in El Salvador. What's that, you know? So it's just like they don't have the 4th of July. That's our independence. You know, they don't celebrate the 4th of July. They have their own Independence Day. So we look at things, and that kind of gives us a little understanding of, you know, what is our norm what is our experience may not be someone else's experience. And so whenever we talk about love, it can be that same type of foreign experience. It is, it is something that people just have no concept of. And so when we think of love, then, we think of it almost always in a sense of comparison. Well, in comparison to what is love? In comparison to hatred, in comparison to bitterness, in comparison to... You know, really doesn't matter in comparison to what? Well, hopefully we can, um, it's like a, a vegetarian and, uh, the, and what, what are they call carnivores, you know, the was, people who are meat eaters and uh, I don't know, I know we call vegetarians and vegans and, you know, they will have nothing to do with milk and vegetarians, they eat only the, the vegetables and things. But there are individuals who uh, eat meat and, and consume vegetables as well. So, uh, whether we are uh, a comparison of taste, do you want hot sauce or not? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, you got to not, you know. We made, uh, Rhonda made soup the other day and, and uh, with turkey, you know, being very uh, 
turkey burgers, you know, being very conscious of too much fat because I carry enough with me. And uh, it was, you know, it said lightly seasoned, you know. Well, I'm eating it and I go, what did you put in this? <laughs> you know, what did you make this out of, you know? And she's just turkey. And then, she, then afterwards she says, but it had flavoring, you know. <laughs> well, the flavoring was a little too hot for me. But, uh, but it's just, see how our tastes are. And, and who are we to say which taste is correct? You know, who are we to say that um, your taste for steak with hot sauce or steak with A1 sauce or uh, veggie burgers <laughs> or, you know, looking at those things. So it's each individual's experience and, and our own individual expression. So when we think about love, it's, it's kind of that same perspective. It's like it's so general. It's so... You know, I love my car. I love my new truck. <laughs> I, I love the weather. I love your new dress. I love you. <laughs> you know, where do we, you know, it's the same word. And, and it's often that word that uh, love, which is so confusing in our language, in the English language, because in the um, Greek, uh, there are at least three, four expressions for the word love, and you use love in each of those settings. And one of them is just a, you know, a general type of, you know, I love the day. And then there is the agape type of love, which is the, the greatest type of love, which is the sacrificial love, which you're, you're willing to give your life for someone. And um, uh, this week there was a, um, a picture of a, uh, a young man who had... Uh, stood in front of a bomb or got between himself and a, a, some people and uh, the bomb exploded and he was quite disfigured from it. And they were, whatever the comment was, I, I you very seldom uh, respond to anything like that, but uh, this time I just wrote, well, greater love has no man than, than he laid down his life for his friends. And that's what Christ, and that type of love, motivates us and moves us in the direction of self-sacrifice. So comparing loves and going through that comparison thing, it's uh, very difficult for us to understand a comparison of God's love for us and our love for God because they're so disproportioned. Uh, Because God's love for us uh, is set forth in his teachings and his character. Um, You know, faith... The Bible says that faith is a substance of things hoped for. Now, when we would describe our own character, you know, you were, if you were to write the five parts of your character that people would find most loving, okay, what would they be? What would the characteristics of your life be? What would you, what would you outline them? And what would you say about yourself that is so important that other people would love, sacrifice themselves for that? You know, what characteristics would there be? Now, if I ask you what would be five characteristics that people would hate, I think, oh, yeah, I got those. <laughs> you know, because we're more apt to understand um, things that are hurtful or um, that might antagonize people more than we think about what is really the characteristics that people love. And, and the reason I say that is, in order then, if I talked about or spoke about, you wrote about yourself, uh, and you wrote about your characteristics, would people know you by your characteristics? Would people understand you 
by your characteristics. Now you take those characteristics and you embellish them, you talk about them, you write about them so that people would have an understanding of what you meant by love, what you meant by sacrifice, what you meant by going to work every day to provide, what you meant by um, writing letters and taking care of individuals, and what, what you meant by all of this, and you were able to explain it, then people would have an idea of what each of those words meant. Well, whenever we look at the uh, scriptures and we look at 1 Corinthians 13, it's, of course, is the, the love chapter. But what we are seeing in 1 Corinthians 13 is Paul's description of what love is. But Paul's description of what love is, is Jesus. And as we look at these characteristics, as look at these fruits of the Spirit and gifts of the Spirit, as we look at these things, we are seeing the character of Christ. And so whenever we are using these words to give us an understanding of the person, just like the, you would write about your characteristics, good qualities, bad qualities, and, and, uh, and, and write your feelings and how they came about in your life and you wrote about all those things, we would have an idea of what we were looking for whenever we found you. This is the type of person it is. This is the type, you know, being very honest and open. <laughs> you know, some people write all these flowering things and there's not a bit of truth in it, you know. So when we meet the person, it's like, that's not what they're about. They, they, they misled us. But so as we write about those things, how would people know you completely? How would they know your thoughts? And, and really to know us completely, it would take a, an encounter. It would take a, an association. Well, whenever we are looking at Christ, we are seeing these characteristics that are about him, about who he is, what he looks, not physically looks like, but what he is like as a person. And then when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit helps us to have that relationship, that friendship with God so that the characteristics that are outlined about Jesus are made real to us by our relationship. So coming to be with you, spending, spending time with you, um, having a meal with you, you know, spending uh, hours, days, weeks, months, years, who knows you best but your spouse? <laughs> so what would your spouse say about your character? So they are getting to know you. They know you're, you're good, the bad, and the not so good. So John 3.16, we, we see the, the beginning of or the foundation of our understanding, which is God so loved the world that he gave. Okay? He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God came into the world, sent not, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So God has come to love us, not condemn us. So the foundational principle of, of Christ is love. He, he came to love us. God came to love us, forgive us, and put us in a right relationship with him. Now, um, there's, of course, another side. There's more to it. There is a judgment coming. There are for those who rebel and their names are not written in God's book of life and all that. They, they go through an entire life by rejecting God. Well, they are going to suffer an eternal punishment. And we say, well, how can a loving God have eternal punishment? Well, God has set us in a place where he wants us to know him. 
And if people are willing to hear the message and reject it, then they are willing to receive what that separation brings. But Jesus then, and, and, and Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13, he says the way of love. Now, if we know that God is love and that God is loving that he gave. So I, I think of it in the, the text that we've got to be as willing to give love as we are to receive it. We've got to be as willing to receive it as we are to give it. See, there has to be this equality in, the, in, in love because if we're not willing to receive love, we're not really capable of forgiving ourselves. <laughs> we're not capable of forgiving our own faults because I don't deserve to be loved. Well, that's not God. <laughs> God says you deserve to be loved because I created you. And he doesn't look at our failures. He looks at that he created us to be his child. And so we are then in this process of becoming what God wants us to be. And it's love that changes our heart. There's, um, years, years ago I read about um, a sword can, uh, can break a shield, but only love can penetrate a heart. So it's not by force and it's not by, it's not by might, it's by the Spirit of God. So as God's Spirit then reveals to us the, the characteristic of love, and as we read Paul, he says, the way of love, if I speak with human eloquence and, and angelic ecstasy, ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. So he begins by letting us know that <clears throat> the ability to speak and um, the... Uh, there was a paper written about... Uh, people who are caught up in the ecstasy of religion and things that uh, tries to destroy, uh, they, you know, that religion, faith should, not ha should have no emotional response. Well, love has an emotional response. God has a love for us, and his emotional response was that when Jesus is dying on the cross, what does he do? He wept. <laughs> or, you know, he, 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 didn't, he, he excuse me, he wept whenever Lazarus was in the tomb, he called for forgiveness from the cross to those who were crucifying him. So love has an emotional relationship. So there is no, uh, if you say love without emotions is like saying there's breath without air. <laughs> that they, they, it does, they don't exist. So Jesus, and what Paul is here giving us this understanding that if you don't love, you're just making a lot of noise. Love has to be the motivator. If you love someone, you are willing to sacrifice. You're willing to give of who you are. You're willing to take of what you have and, and, and give it to someone with no strings attached. So if I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and make everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to mountains jump and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. See, so here we go and look at creation. God has, the, God has the power to speak the world into existence. God has the power to fling the, fling the stars in space. God has the power to separate the, the atmosphere from the, from the water, the water from the land, for, to speak the exist, into existence all of the animals, and to breathe the breath of life into mankind. But you see, if I can do all of that, but I don't do it because I love, 
So you see, the, the motive behind God creating us was so that he could love us and that we could love him. That we could find fulfillment in, in who we are as a person. We weren't created, we were not created to take up space. You know? <laughs> My mom would sometimes tell us that. You're not here to create space. Get out there and do your work. You know? <laughs> but she would do it with love. And the ironing cord. It was, always, it was always funny. Well, we used to think it was funny. Uh, when my mom would threaten us with the ironing cord. Because we could outrun her, you know. <laughs> now my dad, <laughs> you, you didn't move. <laughs> he said, stay there, I'm going I'm to get you next. You didn't move. <laughs> because we never did, I never did experience the running away. My brother did once. He took off running. My dad chased him, I bet, a mile, beating him the whole way. You know, <laughs> it was clear up over the hill, you know. And my brother was running and my dad was following him. I didn't know my dad could run that fast. I was still standing there when he got back. <laughs> I didn't move. So, but also no love. I remember whenever um, we had uh, foster boys that were just like, they were our brothers. And they lived with us maybe 10, 12 years. And way at the far end of the... Um, field, which was, if you could see it from the porch, from our front porch of the house, and they were unhooking, one of the boys was unhooking a piece of equipment, and he let out this scream, you know, my dad was off the porch, crossed the road, and jumped the fence, and halfway through the field before he found out that he was okay, but he was going there to, he, you know, love was, had the ability, he didn't wait to find, there was only this, there was this instant response and he was you know down to the field because he thought one of the boys was getting hurt we'll see think about this in God's perspective he doesn't want us just to he doesn't want us to jump because he says so he wants us to love as he loves us and if he wants us to jump it's because he wants us he has a, a good for it there's a reason for it there's a purpose for it um it goes on to say, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So <laughs> there are people who, who go through this, this poverty thing. There's these individuals who, um, I forget what they call themselves, that they beat themselves continually. Uh, uh, they, they have uh, whips and so on that they beat themselves in order to prove their, uh, their love for God and this self-sacrifice. They, they, uh, there's others, you know, that they've gone to be martyrs. But if, you know, in the, in the olden day, we don't have that much. Well, <laughs> take that back. There are as many martyrs today in the world as there were in the early church. And uh, we don't, we just don't know about it. There was a, a time whenever it was in Iran, whenever the, uh, the Assemblies of God that the, the, uh, the lifespan of the person who was the head of the Assemblies of God, his lifespan was a month. <laughs> and that there were like five, seven people in line waiting to be the next leader because of that, you know, the, there was such a, a, an outcry against any type of Christianity. And it says here that if I give my body, if I, everything I own to the poor, and I am willing to be a martyr, so I'm willing to go and die, but if I don't do it because I love, 
means nothing. So when Jesus goes to the cross, he goes there because he loves us. You know, there's a scripture that says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy that was set before him. You know, you think about it, what joy is going to override the, the crucifixion? What joy is there that's going to somehow come out of being crucified on a cross and suffering all of that agony and disgrace and cursed as the one who hangs on the tree. I mean, suffering all of that agony, what joy is there? For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The joy that held Jesus to the cross was to know that you and I would be his children. That's all. That was his joy, to know you. And so... Um, so no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love becomes the motivator. And if we are motivated by love, then we have a compassion that will help us to reach our goals. If we have love, we will, we will be motivated by something that is inside of us but also what is eternal, because God's love is eternal, and it is that love that is inspiring us to, to take on the tasks that are before us, that somehow God's love is going to help me become someone that God wants me to be. And that becomes our desire, our, our goal, our motivator, our help. And so um, I'm bankrupt without love. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for ourselves. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. I'm put that on Christmas cards. Tell people, don't ask for presents. If you really, if you really love, you're not going to ask for anything. <laughs> That's not what it means. But, uh, but the idea is love. Love isn't so preoccupied with getting. It's in the. Um, so on one of my devotionals that I've been reading this over and over again and hoping that somehow I will, I will understand it in the text that, um, that it is written in. Love doesn't, love is not so preoccupied with getting that it doesn't, um, I can never make it work right. Love, <laughs> love is not so preoccupied with getting that it interferes with God's giving. You see, there is, a, there is a love factor here that love will understand that I am capable of receiving, but greed will be saying, I've got to get. And, and it doesn't mean that God is not willing to give us the thing that we are looking towards. If this were the object of my desire, and I am, I am consumed with getting, but get, what if, in the same context, God is wanting to give this very same thing to me? So the challenge is that if I really love God and love the people whom I am serving, that I will not be consumed with getting this because i got to have it, but I will be consumed with loving God enough that I am willing to receive his gift into my life. And see, that is, the, I think, one of the very most difficult things to understand about love, that we have to be, as will, we have to be willing to give love away and we have to be willing to receive it into our lives. And humility is not, I'm not good enough. I haven't earned it. I, that's not humility. 
Humility is God loves me enough that he died for my sins, and I receive that into my life. I receive his gift of life, his gift of forgiveness. Humility says, I can get this, but it's more important that I allow God to give it to me. <laughs> see? see, that it, it, you know, sometimes we look at things and say, well, I want that, and I got to get it. But God is saying, no, don't, don't be consumed with getting. Be consumed with loving me and opening your heart to be receptive of it. Love doesn't strut. <laughs> Love doesn't have a swelled head. Uh, I won't allude to any athletes or anyone about that one. Uh, (laughs) Sometimes that's where it's most sad to say where it's most exhibited is in sometimes in in athletes. Not all of them, some of them. Love doesn't force itself on others. Love isn't always me first. Love doesn't fly off the handle. Did you ever know what fly off the handle was? Anybody ever swing an axe or a hammer and a, and, a, and, a, and a hammer come off? I have. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to duck sometimes when things were thrown at me. Uh, by accident, of course. Uh, but, but we have love that's thrown, uh, the fl- things that fly off the handle is that you're swinging and fr- the momentum of the swing causes the object on that to fly off. And so love doesn't fly off the handle, and this is the one I always use in, uh, in marriage counseling, but think of it as for God. Doesn't, love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't keep score. Okay, you did this to me twice. I only did it once. I owe you. <laughs> Going to get even. God doesn't keep score of how many times you've sinned. God doesn't, God doesn't have this balance thing that goes on while, you know, you're, you're, you're getting, you know, my mom would always say, you're, you know, you're cruising for a licking. <laughs> I know that my, my bad things were, you know, tipping the scale in, in, in the form of uh, getting, getting the ironing cord, which I would run away from. But, <laughs> but you, you know, you're cruising for this. You know, you're getting, you're getting more on that side. So, but God doesn't keep score. God doesn't keep score. If God kept score, we'd all be in hell. <laughs> you know, he's not keeping score. You know, well, I did this wrong yesterday and 10 years ago, and God doesn't keep score. If sin is there, he wants it removed. He wants it re- doesn't tri- revel in, doesn't revel when others grovel. So somebody's on the ground, you know, God doesn't get, God is not pleased because somebody has failed. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. When the truth comes out about the situation, God takes pleasure in that. Love puts up with anything. Love trusts God always and always looks for the best. Never looks back. Keeps going to the end. Our future is in front of us. Our past is to be forgiven by us and by God. And we are to learn from our mistakes not drag them with us. So the, uh, the idea of love is so complete that seeks only the best. So if we go out of here today and we start looking at life, we want to look for the best. <laughs> oh, that's just a Pollyanna thing. No, it's a God thing. Look for what is good. 
because in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God wants us to see the good in it. There is bad in everything, but there is good in everything. What are we going to see? How are we going to respond to it? Love doesn't look back. Love is not consumed with yesterday. Love is consumed with tomorrow and today. And one other scripture, uh, there's a whole bunch of more that I was going to read here. But Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 1. There's no condemnation. John 3, 17. For God sent not his son of the world to condemn the world. So as we look at what the perfect love is, the Spirit of God is not saying, not saying, You're not good enough. You see, that is our human nature. That is the the fallen nature. It's not God. Doesn't matter where it comes from. Just know that it's not God because God is not condemning us. God is freeing us up from condemnation. God is freeing us up from guilt and slavery to sin. And he is the only one who can give us the power to overcome the difficulties in our life. You see... People, you and I, cannot change because of our past. (laughs) We cannot move ahead with our lives buried in all the things that went wrong and chained to the guilt and shame of the past. Our life will change and only change whenever we allow the freedom that is found in forgiveness, the freedom that is found in being loved by Jesus Christ, the freedom that is understood by the Holy Spirit revealing to us what the Word tells us, we are, not, we are beginning to have the concept, we're beginning to understand the person of Jesus Christ. And that's what we are, and everything that we read and everything that we understand of the Scriptures, we're looking to see Jesus. And if I can see Jesus in these verses, I can begin to see His character. His character is not condemning. His character is one of receiving. His character is one of loving and and forgiving and building and edifying and looking for ways to bless us. So I need to look for those things because God wants to give them, but our nature and our wrong concepts are telling us we don't deserve it. I can't give that. I I don't need that. You know, give it to somebody else. I'm unworthy. Throw that out the door. That's not what it is. God loves us and his love and his forgiveness make us worthy because we are his children. And as his child, we are joint heirs with Christ. So there is nothing, nothing that is impossible with God. And its love becomes the driving force, the motivating force, the love for God and for others. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Amen. Shall we stand? Lord, we thank you for the love that is given to us through Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the the word of God that is our card for the day that tells us how, how much we are loved and appreciated. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, you died for us, and that, Lord, in you we find strength for today and tomorrow. We sever the ties with our sins and our failures We ask for your forgiveness and your grace and your mercy. 
we look forward to seeing your hand move in our lives in ways that we've never before understood. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs>